millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined by the DJ at Wembley, weren't we? Tony Perry. yes. Uh, And he told us, um, as if we haven't talked about Sweet Caroline enough, we ain't got more out of it. But there was an interesting story surrounding uh, the use of it at the Germany game, and he told us about that. Uh, We were joined from Denmark by Christian Volney, Danish football expert, building up to the England game. And he gave us a flavour of what they're saying over in uh, Copenhagen and we spoke to Kirill Karabitz he is the conductor of the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra finally getting some culture on this programme yeah um, possibly his first appearance on TalkSport he had some uh, interesting points to make about uh, the right point to come in on the national anthem that may help you at home uh, tomorrow ahead of the game if you're joining in with the boys and the uh, and the Wembley crowd so um, we had a chat got you involved here it all is <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the mighty Paul Hawksby. Oh, yeah. Match wrote the intro today, as you probably gathered. Well, I and believe I believe it. You oh, know, yeah, think about it. You know, he's a, a, a almost national treasure status oh, as a yeah. broadcaster. He oh, is yeah. world. I was going to say arguably, but it isn't. He is world ranked number one at the birthday spread. Yeah, that's true. And he is an all round nice guy. Well, except for those moments when you get competitive after the birthday spread. Mm. And match rushed in on Talksport, where um, what's coming up over the next three hours? Right, Max. over the next three hours, we speak to the Wembley DJ who turned mm. Sweet Caroline into the anthem it is today. I mean, Neil Diamond did a bit of the work, yeah, arguably, but this guy really brought it, uh, you know, into the consciousness of the nation. Journalist Tim Lee chats us from Barcelona ahead of Spain, Italy, and. For balance, the Italian football expert Daniel Fisichella is on as well. Gareth Batty will cast an eye over the all-new uh, England squad to replace the COVID-isolating one. Tony Cascarino joins us to have uh, the conversation we're all having about England's scary seven and we'll gauge the mood in Denmark from Christian Volney. Uh, all that, uh, plus Tim Vickery on the Copper America. And we want to know about your PE teachers and throwing stuff that is in perfect working order away. Yeah, and a new one added to the mix as well in light of the cricket. We'll bring you that shortly, but it is... Six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. So we're gearing up to things. I'm still, I'm sort of worryingly confident about the whole affair, mm. and I get, I'm nervous about how confident I'm get. I yeah. am. You know, I'm sure you've discussed it. We talked about it on Sunday after the Ukraine game. That the that half an hour, that really weird half an hour when I was mm. just sort of looking around the flat, thinking, oh, "You're in control." Yeah, and yeah you've got should a I, cigar on. It's I'm nice. Off, should I put the bins out? And now I start thinking, "This is and I, something I said on Sunday." I don't know if you if this <coughs> happened to anyone else. I was watching that last twenty minutes. We were zipping the ball about, and the crowd are going "Olay," and I'm yeah. I started thinking, 
this could be a dynasty. It's not just the Euros. <laughs> this is the World Cup. This is, you know, this is, I started, you know, not one mm. game, not even mm. one tournament at a time. I started thinking, what an idiot I am. Yeah. You know, just let's focus on Denmark. They're quite good. They are good, yeah. <laughs> and They're so a very good team. That's, that's sort of generally what's happened. But I find this, I'm not, no, you, you've seen me before games and you've seen how nervous certainly before the mm. Germany game and yeah. it really does affect me and as yet I feel unaffected by this right. game I mean I know we've got Italy Spain it's such a brilliant game to come tonight isn't it yeah it's absolutely fascinating game I am I've, I'm going to then I just picked up a, a couple of tickets Sunday morning I'm sure people have been doing the same thing I I was interested enough if there was any left and they do a thing called Fans First okay. and they were 85 euros it's alright and um, which I thought for a semi-final of a European Championship was... I mean, it's not in keeping with the rest of the prices of the tickets. It they go not. up to 600 euros, and that's a bit rich for my blood. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I managed to pick up a couple of tickets. And, nice uh, to go as a neutral. Yeah, no jeopardy, just to go and enjoy a game of football against two good sides. I'm, I'm scouting, really. I'll pass it on to Gareth <laughs> once I've watched from my vantage point miles away from the pit. Take notes. How are Italy coping without mm. Spinazzola? That's such a big loss for them as well. Do you think if it's, let's say Italy are 3-0 <clears throat> up in the 85th mm. minute, Will you try and beat the rush? Beat the traffic? Well, if it's 3-0, I don't think I would at 2-0. I think that might be tempting fate. I don't want to do one of those where you, you get home and it's you're just seeing the end of the penalties. So, um, no, hopefully I'll see it through. I was uh, saying, if, if I had a ticket for the final, which I don't, and if England won the finals, if I was with my dad, if it was 1-0 at 85, mm, he'd want to go. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to watch the trophy. Like, we never, we never see us lift a trophy ever. But I know I want to go. Really, yeah, you would always want to beat the traffic. Out, let's get out. He'd beat the rush from uh, yeah. Cambridge United. There's no rush. <laughs> it wasn't a run. Let's beat the rush. There's no run. You just walk out at the same speed. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to break stride. No. On the the entire way home. <laughs> I wanted to talk about PE teachers mm. because. Um, isn't it interesting that now sort of every the PE teacher of every England player, everyone in the England squad, probably the social media manager of the England squad, someone's trying to find their PE teacher yeah. to talk to them. And actually, there are some really lovely stories. I'm yeah. not be too cynical about it. I do wonder how we can't go too early. If England win, who then do we track down in the next three days? Yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm still going to get to the stage where we you know, old dinner ladies. Exactly. You know, he always had extra <laughs> vegetables. I knew he was going to be an athlete. It'd be all that sort of stuff, there's, wouldn't it? There's so much you know, just tracking down anyone mm. that knew anyone who knew their parents. It'll get down mm. to that stage. And we're like, you know, did you did you have swimming lessons with Luke Shaw's dad? Yeah. You know, we found that. Let's do a whole show. We can do a whole show. Well, who's that on line one answering that very question? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take the call. It was me. He was great. Mr. Shaw was great at the backstroke they'll say so mm. i thought we could ask for just stories about your pe teachers um i've put it out on twitter um uh, uh some of them are not <clears throat> broadcast no this is i did point out that may be a slight issue there could be <laughs> vendettas scores to be settled by some of the talk sport <laughs> listeners so we're not naming names we're not naming schools and we're not letting you get your own back on someone who sadistically made you do pull-ups yeah mine used to do was in charge of lost property mm. mr baker and if it had a name <clears throat> If you like your ruler was had your name on it, he would charge you one p, and if it was unnamed, it would it would cost you two p. Wow! So you could actually buy a whole. It was like a lot of little sort of jumble sale. We could buy loads of things for two p by just going, "That's mine, that's mine too." Ten p, get five wow. items. Yeah. Okay. He had, a little, he had a little sort of shop going on the yeah. side then, did he? Also taught geography, which a lot of PE teachers did, and he had a briefcase in front of his notes, which arguably had been written by 
the other geography teacher. Mm. And if you asked him any question about the geography, he would just read out what was on the paper and you would write it down. <laughs> Don't you remember it being the closest thing to a bear pit? As you used to go normally round by the hall to go in and find out if you were playing that weekend because the team had not been put up. There'd normally be three of them sitting in the room and it'd just smell of hall soils or rail jacks, wouldn't it? And they're all just sitting around with cups of teas in like shorts or tracksuits. And you knock on the door, you're about 11. And uh, you're, yeah, who is it? And I said, what do you want, Hawksby? Oh, sir, I just want to know if I'm playing this weekend. <laughs> maybe you are, maybe you're not. And then they start sort of bust, you know, they start getting stuck. That three grown men sitting there with cups of teas and shorts giving you a hard time. When you... That's all I remember, that the fear of that going into that room, knowing so it was, it was a bear pit, as far as I was concerned, at 11. It was quite intimidating. Dad says, when I broke my nose <clears> playing <throat> rugby, it was basically displaced round to the side of my head. My PE teacher's diagnosis was just <laughs> bruised. Yeah. So home I went, then to the GP, sent me to A&E. Just down the road from school. I mean, I think the PE teacher, I think when there may be some younger listeners today will be hearing stories and they'll be quite shocked. I think they may be. Is this this a story from 1853? (laughs) It's not, it's a story from the 70s or possibly the early 80s. Things have changed a lot since then. But please only send us broadcastable ones. Yeah, I mean, you've got to think of the time of day or indeed any time of day. Absolutely. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, uh, with so many fans in the stadium, 60,000 tonight and tomorrow, uh, being in charge of uh, uh, the DJ set has become a real responsibility to manage the crowd, to get them going. And uh, I think it's fair to say the sweet Caroline uh, did that the other day. Um, Tony Perry is the stadium DJ, and it was uh, not on his sanction list initially. Um, He joins us now. Hi, Tony. 
Hi guys, it's a pleasure to speak with you. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah good, good, thank good you. to talk to you. Look, well, look, well done. It's uh, it, it's not not an easy gig. People may just always just putting music on, but uh, you know you've got to know more than that. You've got to you've got to judge the crowd. You've got to judge the mood of the crowd. And uh, as I said, it Sweet Caroline seems to have uh, hit the spot. I mean, it's been used in sport a lot before, but it, it had not been played at, at Wembley before the other night, had it for for the England games. That's, that's correct. I mean, a lot of people have been pointing out to me on social media and they're quite right that, you know, whether it's, you know, darts, cricket, other big football clubs or football mm, yeah. nations, they, they've used it for a while. Um, but that, that was, to, to my knowledge anyway, the first time we, we used it at Wembley. And the, the reason we jumped into it was because earlier in the match schedule, we played it when the stadium was getting full and, you know, 40,000 fans for the first time. And both the England fans and the German fans were reacting to it so positively so it just felt like the right thing to do after Free Lions, basically. Um, I, you know, a lot of things when we talk about the FA and decisions take a long time. I could just sort of imagine you wandering in to a room of suits going, this is what I'd like to play, and having to play it to them, and then them saying, oh, I'm not sure about how will this go down. What's the actual process of you saying, can I play this, and whoever's in charge saying, I sanction Sweet Caroline? Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. I mean, we, we did have the privilege of the, the tournament organisers asking us before the tournament, what tracks do you think would work well for the Wembley crowd? And, uh, you know, I'm a North Londoner, I'm a massive football fan, so I've, I've been here many times. And I just thought, you know what, it might, it might be handy to have that and one or two others in the bag. And, you know, credit to them because they want everyone to have the best time possible. They said, go for it if you think it's going to work. And, and luckily, it, it, it worked the charm. What could it have been? Like, what are the what are the other ones that are, you know in the bag that you got permission for that that could be Sweet Caroline? And what could we be all singing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know what? There's there's one other track, and I'm you know I I, I grew up as a kid watching Euro '96 and that Britpop era. Mm. I won't disclose it, but there's one other song I've got in the bag that I just can sense people would belt out after Sweet Caroline. I think. If, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So Three Lines is the greatest football song of any country ever. Let's not get it twisted. That's definitely the case. So I, I wouldn't want to mess with that. But after Sweet Caroline, a bit of indie from the 90s, I think, okay. could be really special. I was at the Scotland game and I saw when Three Lines came on before the match. Um, you had the lyrics on the, on the big screen for the kids, those that weren't there the first time, so everybody could sing along. I mean, most people know the lyrics to Sweet Caroline, but are, you, are they going to give that similar treatment, the graphics department, or, or not? I'm not sure, to be honest. I think it's the, just the whole so good, so good lyrics that aren't even on the song is what people <laughs> sing. It's just brilliant. It's, it's, it's how great the song is. And, and like, who, how many people are you normally playing to? Like, you know, this is, like, like in just terms of, like, for you to, to be in control of this is a, what yeah. a great thing to be, especially when England are doing so well in a tournament. Oh, 100%. I mean, I've, I've been DJing for, for over two decades, but I'll be honest, this time last year, I was DJing down a camera phone during the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, I'm really lucky to be here. Like, as I say, massive football fan. I've been obsessed with music since I was a kid. So I'm, I'm very privileged to, to have this position and to help be a small part of creating those memories. It's just magic. Mm. Well, you, well, could a hole again, the Atomic Kitten song that's that's been sort of... Uh... Uh, recut, isn't it, for the Gareth Southgate version? Could that could that get a play? I think it might have to get a play, don't you? I think mm. it'd be rude not to. If, if England are doing well and the crowd's reacting like that, I think that's going to get them really going. Absolutely, I might have to get you in a DJ booth with me. <laughs> and, and do you have two different playlists? I mean, is there everybody hurts, you know, and and walk away by cast, and I don't know the drugs don't yeah, work. Yeah. Uh, have you got that lined up just in case? <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. I mean, I think um, we were, one game was nearly going to penalties and I had a joke with the match director. So I play uh, Avicii, wake me up when it's all over. <laughs> yeah. So you've got, you've got to think on your feet a bit. But I just think, you know, in all seriousness, with, with the pandemic and, you know, we all grew up with a hurt of 96 as well. It's just nice to pick something that's seminal and it doesn't even have to be necessarily about a club or a team. It just worked for everyone that was in the stadium at that moment. So it would be great to do the same again. Sweet Caroline was played um, pre-match and then so what was the call to do it again because it went down so well that was why you, it was sort of played straight after the game yeah kind of I mean so the victory song is of course three lines as I say the greatest song mm. ever we're not trying to usurp that but I, I, I was going to play Vindaloo and I've got nothing against that record I remember buying it from our price when I was a kid but it just it went so well went down so well with Sweet Caroline I just took a snap decision just to play it. And, yeah, it's not rocket science. We've seen it work at other sports, which just gave me more confidence to, to play it. And the irony is that I couldn't see the reaction because I was in the tunnel. During the game, I'm normally by the field, but I couldn't see what was going on. I could just hear it. And I was uh, pretty much hyperventilating in the DJ booth at the noise. It was fantastic. And, and do you actually like all of these songs? Or are you a bit like, come on, I've got to play this this one. I've heard this one a million times. You know, I've, I'm, I'm reaching my Sweet Caroline limit. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm close to it. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you still love playing these songs? Or does it make such a difference? Could you see the reaction in front of you? Oh, I mean, come on. To see, to, to any DJ in the world to have 40,000 people chanting as you drop a fader, it's a, it doesn't matter what you're playing, especially when it's for... <laughs> You know, I said yesterday, tournament football is the greatest festival festival on earth. So, yeah, it's a privilege. I don't get sick of it at all. And what about tonight, Tony, finally? Well, you know, you've got a, you'll have a lot of sort of neutrals in there, probably a lot of people in from this country who've picked up tickets, but a lot of Italians and Spaniards in there as well. Are you changing the set list for them? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the tournament organisers have had a lot of foresight, so we've got to cater to, to every crowd. So, by definition, I'm, I'm neutral, in inverted commas, for each game, which is fair. So we'll have tracks for the Spanish. I think we're going to have to play a bit of Despacito because that actually went down really well early doors. But, mm. yeah, we'll have anthems for both sets of the crowd, I think, for sure today. And you had the Italians at Wembley already, haven't you, for the Austria game, so you know what they like singing along to. They've got, I mean, the thing yeah. is, well, they've got the greatest anthem, I think, in, in oh, football. Yeah. But it's they, a brilliant anthem. But they also have their goal music, which is quite sort of like soft rock. Yeah. It's called Un Amore Così Grande. I don't know if you have that ready at the end <laughs> oh, of the game. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're uh, going to have to send me that. I, mean, I will, I will. It, it well. It's what they play. It's what they play, like, it's, it is their... Duh, 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 that's what we have. Yeah, they have this sort of really yeah. sort of soft rock classic Italian wow. song when they score. I mean, you probably can't play it when they score because that you know that's yeah. not neutral. <laughs> but afterwards, yeah. uh, it's called yeah, Cos un amore così grande by someone called Negro Amaro. Oh, okay. So oh, there we are. I'm I'm going to check that out, especially yeah. if I get to hear you say that again. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, well done. Um, enjoy yeah, tonight enjoy and tomorrow. It. Thanks very much. <laughs> It's a pleasure to speak with you, gents. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Paul. There we are. Tony Perry there, stadium DJ. Good gig, that, That's a good gig. Playing all the tunes, getting people going. And, uh, yeah. Can I tell you about a PE teacher? We're still about your okay. PE teacher because uh, all the PE teachers of the England squad are being tracked down to mm. talk about how good they were when they were eight. Uh, this is from Giacco in Harrowden. Hi, lads. On a day when the ground was like concrete, I fell over and grazed my elbow. When I told 
Mr. Murphy sucked the blood out of my arm and spat it out and said, yeah. get on with it, boy. PE teachers from a different era. Producer's faces. This is what he said. That's what he said. This was another one. Uh, uh, gee, um, I mean, this was the other thing. that uh, There was a time when footballers uh, left the game and became PE teachers. Um, my PE teacher in Sunderland uh, was Richie Pitt, 1973 uh, FA Cup winner with the Black Cats. Imagine that happening now. Wayne Rooney organising a game of pirates in the sports hall. <laughs> it's true. My, um, my cousin's husband uh, looked after a, a sports department in North London and uh, his assistant was Cliff Jones. Oh, right. Cliff, uh, yeah, Cliff worked with him for uh, years and uh, the, uh, in a predominantly Arsenal area, so he'd love to go in with his uh, his doubles medals now and again. But uh, Yeah, my, my, my sixth form, my, our football coach was Steve Fallon, who's a Cambridge United legend mm. of a player and coached us as well and was the manager of Cambridge City at the time who was also coaching us. And if we were losing at half-time, he'd say, because at half the squad were like, looking to be pros, pros yeah. or semi-pros, he'd go, some of you are meant to be footballers. And then the rest of us knew we could relax because he, oh. he didn't mean us. Oh. This so is the, great from Phil, the Leeds fan. Sorry. Go on, uh, my PE teacher once stopped a football match uh, um, between our team and another local team because he'd lost his car keys. He had 22 kids searching for them on the pitch. 20 minutes, 20 minutes later, he shouted, here they are in my pocket. We still talk, talk about it today. Thank you, Phil. So uh, let us know within reason. Um, Talksport.com, text 8189, tweet TSH&J, every sport teacher of every uh, player England player in the tournament is being approached so what about your sports teacher tales uh, you can tell us this afternoon the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. SR says Hello. because I was rubbish at tennis my PE teacher made me lie on the service line as a target <laughs> as the rest of the class practiced their serving what about the line I mean there is literally a line there there Isn't is there for target well, it's a practice? bit like VAR they made the line bigger well, well they made it SR, line. SR sized <laughs> of course um, and now uh, Adidas has released the brand new ball for the semi-finals yeah. and the final the That's Uniforia right. Finale which does sound like a sort of made up name doesn't it from a Austin Powers, somebody be with a kind of very dodgy accent yeah. by Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. the ball is silver and features a colour scheme tweak for the final three games of the competition. I have been thinking, I've enjoyed this tournament, Paul. I'll be honest. Yes, I've. But I've kept looking at the ball and thinking that needs a colour scheme tweak. If this if this competition is really going to come to life, we need to tweak the colour scheme of mm. the ball. Yeah. Um, it well, says, I think we've all been saying that. If we? you look closely, you can see the Wembley arch on the ball itself. Nice. I mean, not many of us are going to get that close to it are we it's great no. news for Mason Mount not really for us 12 hosts become one Adidas says of the ball I tell you what my 85 euro ticket is right up in the god so if <laughs> okay. Alvaro Morata can find me with that ball <laughs> if I'm taking one of those home he'll be taken <laughs> off immediately 12 hosts become one say Adidas eye right. catching graphics in red white and silver Reflect London's selection as the venue that will crown the continent's kings. The ball takes inspiration uh, because balls need to be inspired. Of course they do. What's Otherwise, my motivation it's, now? It's not going to become say. a ball. It's, if not. It's, it's not going to be a semi-final or a final ball if it's not inspired to become it. But it takes inspiration from the Adidas Rotero ball of 2004, oh, yeah, which yeah. was panned by, according to 442, Gigi Buffon um, for its swerve, but was the first ball used at a Euro which wasn't white as Adidas instead opted for a silver Silver grey shade. There you go. So uh, look out for the Uniforia finale, and uh, let let us know tomorrow if the colour scheme tweak adds to the game because we'd love to know. Yeah, and do look out uh, as well for a big England flag with Trippier two written on it, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Kieran's dad, uh, Chris. Uh, I think he's put it back up again. He's put the flag back up on a pole. Yeah, yeah. Can I you believe that. they had complaints from the from? Uh, 
Locals. What, in 2018? Yeah, I mean, he's put it up again. I don't, don't complain. My son time. plays for England. Sure, you let me have a flag. Sure. But Who's no, the neighbour? Neighbours. probably Barry Glendenny, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it probably is. Probably is Barry Glendenny. Almost certainly is, that's right. I had good news about a carpet fitter, but I'll bring it to you later. Oh, well, talk about They call that a tease in radio circles. <laughs> there I you can't go. can't turn off now. People won't. Do you know Andy know. Jacobs was once a carpet fitter? <laughs> um, I think I Can did. Can you see him in that role? <laughs> He was an accountant. <laughs> yeah. He ran a menswear shop. Both roles you can see him in. Yeah. I cannot see him down on his knees with a length of gripper rod. Does anybody have an, an ill-fitted carpet yeah. that was fitted in what, 1972? <laughs> Must have been. By Andy Jacobs. The, I mean, just imagine the state of his hands by the end of it. Just lots and lots, What's of, that point? lots of nail cuts. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on TalkSport. The first of the Euro 2020 semi-finals takes place this evening at Wembley between Italy and Spain, a mouth-watering prospect. And it's live on TalkSport, uh, as you'd imagine, as is, of course, England, Denmark tomorrow. We'll build up to Italy, Spain over the next couple of hours. Um, but we're going to talk Denmark now, uh, England's opponents tomorrow night at Wembley. Sure, there's a lot of excitement building over in Denmark. And uh, joining us now, as he has at different points throughout the tournament as uh, his uh, country has progressed, is uh, Danish football expert Christian Volney. Good afternoon, Christian. Good afternoon. Well, here we are then, as we kind of hoped when we spoke to you last week, of our two teams going head-to-head. I suppose the first question is that some of our team have sort of been professionally able to get into other countries to watch football and get back again. What, what's your situation, Christian? Are you, are you going to be able to get to this game or, or, or not? I'm hoping that I might be able to travel Thursday morning, but that would, of course, require that Denmark wins tomorrow. So I won't be there tomorrow. But if Denmark wins, and that's a big if, then I hope to be present at the final. Wow. Uh, what's, the, what's the mood over there? Uh, positive. Um, excited. But also people start talking about the little things, which is always a good sign that they're getting nervous. They're talking about, oh, why can't everyone travel? Um, who's that referee? Why can't we play in white? We won three games in a row in white, which are all good signs that you don't have anything, any big problems to, to care about. I wasn't aware of that. So uh, England have won the toss and they're playing in white. Uh, I, so you, you'll, be in, you'll be in the red. That's not been bad for you over the years, though, has it? No, well, not only in this tournament, it's been the white shirts giving us luck. Normally it's better in red, but um, mm. yeah, it's been three games in a row with wins in white. So that's a topic here now. I love this. The superstition is great, isn't it? So yeah. much of that. Well, I've got, I've got another more new superstition news. If you've seen this, um, uh, the uh, the manager of Denmark has a lucky jumper. Uh, are you aware of this, uh, Max? I wasn't aware of his lucky jumper. It, uh, he wore it at Wembley, and we'll come on to that last autumn when they uh, won. It's got a bit of a hole under the right armpit. But uh, Hulman, he's, he's uh, still insisting on wearing it because it's his lucky jumper. Is, is, is that all over the... Covers of the uh, Danish tabloid newspapers. Is everybody invited to touch the manager's uh, lucky jumper, Christian? <laughs> he keeps it. He keeps it uh, in a safe place, I think, <laughs> so <laughs> no one can touch it. But um, it's actually a funny story because I know Casper Human very well. I worked with him for several years, and if he's definitely not a superstitious man, but it seems that he's become one in this tournament. Uh, there's also he's wearing a little piece of jewelry around the arm that they all wore uh, when Christian Eriksen. Um, had his cardiac arrest and and he's still wearing it now, which is also kind of a, you can call it a gesture, but there's definitely also superstition involved. Um, and it's not like him, definitely not like him. 
are they going to start you know after 2018 waistcoats did a you know did a great sale in waistcoats in england they might start selling this jumper with the hole under the armpit uh you know <laughs> it's like it's 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 like the stonewashed jeans in the 80s. Of course. Yeah. They're, already, they're already destroyed when you when you buy them. Are there big debates about... I mean, there obviously are. What what are the big debates about who should start for Denmark uh, tomorrow night? I think everyone expects him to to keep uh, the same 11 that started in the last game and the game before. Uh, before in the tournament, he 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 was changing a lot. But now it's, it's as if most of the flexibility comes in the way they play more than the players he choose. However, there is an element of, of fatigue now. Uh, they played in 34 degrees in Baku. Players were definitely tired. Now there's also traveling in Wolves. There was a long trip back back from Baku as well, going to London. So there are different elements in play now, but I think he'll try to stick with the, the 11 he had the last time, if, if possible. Is there a bit of a feeling you can only ride this wave so far? I mean, it, it's it's been fantastic and, and they've played some great football along the way, but... Um, they were definitely galvanised by what happened to Christian Eriksen. But as you say, with the fatigue of a long tournament, and how much emotionally, you know, that maybe they've not even realised yet that that took out of them, watching, you know, one of their best friends practically nearly die on the pitch. I mean, that, that, that does impact you somewhere along the line, I think. I agree with that. But it's also given them the newfound strength that they've been riding, that wave they've been riding comes from that. It comes from the new unity and and the freedom they they got from from recovering and getting up on their feet and actually playing and, and felt that they could play even if Christian uh, Eriksen had the the incident. So um, I think you're right, but there's something different here. There's something different in play that no one has tried before. And they say it every time you interview those players, they always say, we've never tried anything like this before. So no one has really found the limit yet. And, and of course, it's there somewhere and it might be tomorrow, but the feeling is they can keep going. And what are the Danes saying about England? Um, I don't think we have to discuss who are the favourites for this game. I think everyone here acknowledges that it should be England. Um, but there's also definitely a feeling that if you should play, the th- out of the three other teams you can play at this stage, England is the one you would prefer if mm. you're Danish. Um, played them before, have pretty good results. And there's also that feeling that England has more than they're actually using. That there's more quality and creativity in the English side that that the coach is actually letting letting them play with. So, you know, it's if you look at them play for player, there's no question England is a better team, but it's like they're not really letting everything out there. Um, and that could be the chance for Denmark. Well, it's you about that one 0 win at Wembley last year. Well, at the Times newspaper here has got a piece about what we can learn from that performance. I mean, what what do you think, uh, the coach, and what did you learn from that victory? Were there things there's things you saw there? I know it's a different team in parts, but were there things you saw there in that game that made you think Denmark could get a result at Wembley as they did last year? Again, let's remember the context that England are the favourites, and and we think that the biggest chance is that England will win. But if you if you if you ask me what what where are the Danish chances, you can take something out of that match you're talking about because you England is not a very creative team. They don't create a lot of chances. You can control them, you can keep them from scoring a lot of goals. And when you know that's possible, then all you have to do and all you have to do in a of course in the in the right context is to score one or two goals. And when you play Spain, maybe you have a different feeling. You need to do more. But here if you can if you can limit the English to to the few chances they will create, then you have a good chance. And I think you saw that at Wembley back then. It was the same pattern in the game that is not a very exciting team to see play. And they have a lot of things that you don't let them show. And, um, well, that gives hopes for an opponent. Yeah. 
Who, who, if if Denmark are to prevail, who do you think your hero will be? The heroes has to be the wing backs because if if you if Denmark is to beat England, you have to find the space behind the English uh, left and right back, and and that means that Joachim Mele for sure has to have a good game. You need the goalkeeper to have the saves he needs to have, uh, Schmeichel, and then someone has to score the goal. So let's put in uh, Kasper Dolberg in there too. And everybody's fit. Simon Kerr seemed to be uh, sort of limping slightly at the end of the game. That may have just been fatigue, but is everybody fit as, as far as you know? Yeah, fatigue seems to be the only problem. And when you talk about Simon Kier, uh, the coach said the other day, if you want to keep him out of the game, you have to solve his legs because <laughs> he really wants to play. So I think it can carry them a certain way, that that emotion and the feeling and and this and you know the the willingness to sacrifice yourself, but there is definitely fatigue in that squad. Yeah, and uh, there's going to be uh, some Danes in in the uh, crowd, thankfully. And I see they're sending over shirts and flags for those for those yeah. expats that are, are in London. We'll be able to get to the game. Yeah, uh, even the Crown Prince is coming. Um, Brilliant. And I'll, I'll I'll I have a little quiz for maybe Max is the right person to answer, ask here. Okay, right. Uh, which which city is the fifth biggest in Denmark? Wow. Measured on inhabitants. On inhabitants. The fifth. The fifth. I mean, that's wow. That's going to be London, isn't it? Probably. That's going to be London. Good. That's why I asked you. you Thank know you. These things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So you have you have thirty thousand Danish people living in, in or more than thirty thousand living in in London, and that's the expat army we are bringing in for this game. I think last count was seven thousand nine hundred uh, tickets out there. So definitely someone will be there, but you can't travel from Denmark to England unless you are the Royal Prince, hmm. Crown Prince. Oh, there's only one of them. There is well, only you know, one you Crown Prince. You can't turn yeah. up with a hooky ticket claiming to be the Crown <laughs> no. Prince. Well, it, look, it is great there will be Danes. It is in, great there in will the be Danes. You know, they, they will bring, a, a, you know, they will make the atmosphere. Won't yeah, they? and, you know, in any other circumstances, and as a Tottenham fan and a, a great fan of Christian Eriksen, I would love Denmark to win tomorrow, but they happen to be playing England. But I do know it's a good game. Um, and um, enjoy, Christian. Hopefully, we'll we'll catch up with you afterwards. We'll still be friends. Yeah, and someone will be a happy friend, and someone will be a not so happy friend. <laughs> but we can be friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Christian. Thanks a lot. Thank you, gentlemen. Christian Volney there uh, over in Denmark, and of course that game is live. And myself and Max will be in the box park once again, building up. It's like I live in the box from, park. Well, yeah, you're, you're getting quite a residency oh, there, absolutely. aren't you? Yeah, a residency at the box. It's never something I thought I'd be good at. Really? So I was sort of playing. Like, we liked it when they played Paul Simon, didn't we? Yeah, they played you know. played a few extra. And they broke away from um, Atomic Kitten and Three Lines and they, they suddenly decided just, to play excerpts from Graceland, the why, why Paul not? Simon album. I like that. So the alter- we did that the, on Saturday, the alternative box park playlist. Yeah. Bit of Nick Cave. Music bit of Tom, for airports. Bit of Brian. Eno. Bit of Tom Waits. Sort of ambient movie. <laughs> Tom Don't Waits you know, would be good. You, I suppose that thing is, if you want to clear the place, yeah. you, I mean, what 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 would be the would be the set list well, that would the, clear the box? Well, part? The playlist has to is so dependent on the result, isn't it? Yeah. You can't play Sweet Caroline if you know. No, you've Simon Kerr's just got a header in the 84th minute with <laughs> no, 1-0 Denmark you, win, can you? Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. That's very true. You've got to know your crowd. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There's something else we wanted to run with yes, today. Yes, we did, yes. And we just haven't got a chance to, to do it. But it involved Roy Keane and Ned Bolting, the occasional guest here on the show, part of ITV's uh, cycling uh, team. Well, not that he doesn't ride. I mean, obviously, presentation-wise. Ned does a fine podcast in the world of cycling. He spoke to Roy Keane at one point who does love a bit of cycling, but admitted um, he had no clues about bike maintenance to the extent that uh, when he first got a puncher 
Um, he thought the bike was finished, threw it away and bought a new bike. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the thing I like in the in the little article, mm. the cutting mm. that you took, it begins, cycling fan Roy Keane. Yeah. Which is not necessarily... The first thing you think no, of. No, it's not the first thing you think of no. when you think of Roy Keane. So we, 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 I asked the question earlier, you know, how, people who've basically given up on something or thrown something away that is in perfect working order, just needs a little bit of tinkering. I mean, it's the sort of thing that I might do yeah. if I had Roy Keane's money. I'd probably just do that. <laughs> and I put it... I put it out on Twitter. Uh, Stu says, I gave away a bike and a lot of personal items because it was safer not to return to a girlfriend's flat. Wow. Is that whole backstory you imagine just saying safer not to return? <laughs> I think he, must, he sounds like Stu was possibly the bad man it's in quite, this, quite this possible. situation. Uh, Joe says, rather than fix a broken shower thermostat, I sold the house. <laughs> Blimey, that is, that is something <laughs> isn't else, isn't it? And Barry Glendening got in touch with us to say, I sold mm. my car to a bloke in the pub. In the pub, I'm surprised. <laughs> in the pub for £100 because the tax and insurance was due in a month and it had a flat battery. Um, on, car, on the subject of cars, David says, I, I used to live in Zaragoza mm. and uh, the locals will tell me how Jermaine Pennant, on ending his ill-fated year at Real Zaragoza, simply drove his car to the train station, parked up and left the country. Yeah. He's, well he's, he has talked about that here mm. on TalkSport in the past and told the, the, full, the full extent of that story. Um, I'll give you one more. Ian says, Once as a student, me and my housemates threw about a week's worth of washing up into the bins and went to buy new cutlery crockery, etc. from Ikea before our other two housemates <laughs> returned from a visit home. So cheaper <laughs> to buy new than, than wash the plates. <laughs> he just couldn't be bothered. Well, he said, We didn't have the money to replace everything. It must have been quite liberating, though, mustn't it? So look, if you, if you have a story of just giving up on something, it was in perfect. Yeah. Perfect working order. Bradley says, a friend of mine broke his iPhone years back, which he'd insured, paid the monthly premiums, etc. He was too lazy to fill out a form hmm. for a replacement. He's just went and bought a new one. <laughs> it's all slightly understandable. Forgivable. Do you want the news about the carpet fitter? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think yeah. a lot of people have been waiting since 2 o'clock. They've been stuck in their news. car. They've been they sitting have. outside the Come supermarket. On, what about the carpet fitter story? It's from the Daily Star today. Oh, yeah. A carpet fitter has recreated a machine that he believes was used to build Stonehenge. <laughs> really? Stephen Tasker, 66. It's a bit field of dreams, that, isn't it? He got the idea while pondering how the pyramids were built during a visit to Egypt. Mm. I think a lot of slaves, wasn't it? I hope that yeah. Stephen didn't do the same thing. The machine features a circular board balanced on planks that sits on rockers and wooden feet. Yeah. Uh, he is from Powers. Is that how I pronounce it? Powers, yeah. Yeah, Powers. We've lifted a third of a ton with it, and theoretically, it could move any weight. Wow. That's a nice thing to do. It's so bad. I don't know if it's... So when he was doing people's carpets, laying their carpets, mm. all the time he was thinking about how he could recreate the way they built Stonehenge. Yeah. Not really mind on the job, was did it? They, did they... I mean, is that the right word? And they just lug big stones and stick them up. Look, you know, you're, asking, you're asking the wrong man. Are you not? Are you not a druid? I, I like visiting when I, you know, I, 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 when I was a kid. How do you feel about the underpass? When, when um, I'm, yeah, I I'm not. I'm not keen on the. Underpass. We're against the underpass. When I was you're a listening kid, to BBC Radio Somerset. Could, when I was a kid, you could walk up and touch them, which Stop. does seem quite Stop bizarre it. now, Wiltshire. Yeah. Wow. Oh, sorry, Wiltshire. Yeah. I do apologise. It's all around. It's all the same down there. I check with Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, well, um, that's all I have about. Well, that's, that's all yeah, I have I've about. Got, the I've got nothing else. Got, no, I've, I've, got, I've got some more if you want. I've you could some... walk up to these things and and just uh, this, then people started writing. Fred was here on them, and mm. that that was the end of that. Suddenly, um, a big fence appeared. It's like Yuri Geller and the World Cup football, isn't it? Don't write on Stonehenge, please. The, the Daily Star has a letters page, which is always sort of quite an interesting mm. read. Um, 
and it's got a whole page about the England team, you know, and it's just, you know, Phil, any chance England game cameramen can get closer. It's like watching the whole tournament through my binoculars. Um, uh, I don't see how football can be, that was Phil Town. I don't see how football can be coming home to England when it was first played in Scotland. Get over it. Um, Jordan Pickford, washing powder slogan. He always keeps a clean sheet. Anonymous. Yeah, good. I mean, yeah. not even brave enough to put your name. And then suddenly in the middle of this, it's all about England and what will happen. Dave in Cornwall, if there's one movie I never get bored of watching, it's Crocodile Dundee 2. It's, it's, it's hugely underrated in my opinion. Does anyone else have that special movie they never tire of? Well, Where does that come from? How is that on this, in this list? Uh, I've anyway. got good news uh, for postmen and women. Dog attacks have fallen by almost a third. Oh, good. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, excellent. Um, uh, partly down to delivery changes due to the pandemic. There was 1,690 dog incidents in the past year down from 2,445 which is a lot isn't it two and a half thousand is that because you don't have to answer the door now for a delivery uh, I guess yeah 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 I suppose it may, must be well, a, very, not, a lot well, of the sign our postie one of our posties carries a few dog biscuits in his pockets I think oh. it is a, a bit of a oh, posties thing so they keep the dogs on side just the old biscuit my and, postman um, is a Sunderland fan oh yeah Eric, yeah yeah he gave me a book about a Sunderland player about six months ago, hmm. and I, there are quite a lot of books to read. I haven't Which read Which Sunderland it. player? Well, I can't you remember. can't remember. But I, I, I haven't read it yet. I've got yeah. a lot of books to read. So it's a, it's an it's an autobiography of a specific yeah. Sunderland player that you can't and he remember. Said, I really want you to read. I think you really like it, and I bet I would really like it. But you yeah. know. I haven't read War and Peace yet, you know, so it's like, what do I... I mean, and now it's sort of unsaid. I've yeah, still but, got know, the book. You know, you're not going to have sort of... You're not going to have it sort of Tolstoy popping up on your doorstep, are you? Saying, I don't know where read, I live. Have you read that book <laughs> yet? All right, Leo, Max. I'm halfway through, Leo. I mean, he's, he's not going to do that, is he? He's not going to say, all right, Max, it looks, it looks like one there from... Uh, looks like a hospital appointment, that. <laughs> have you read War and Peace yet? You know, you're not going to feel any pressure, are you, from... Tolstoy. It's true, but is that he'd why wear I... shorts, wouldn't he? Even oh, in Tolstoy. a Russian oh, winter, oh, God, he'd wear shorts in the tundra. Wouldn't he? A really short he pair with his legs going blue. <laughs> um, and so yeah, and my, so should I read it? I've got just read through it. Yeah, no. Um, Blag it. I would speed read it. it enough to be able to say to your post. I don't know if he's listening. Would he be listening? Oh, I don't know. Enough to be able to say to him. There's that brilliant bit on page six right, that okay. I read. And when he talks about. And then pick out two or three key bits. Just blag it. The way that you interview I, I people. I mean, I really read when, it all. When you when you interview people who've written a book. Yeah. That, your tactic. Um, basically, I've learned a method of speed oh, reading because I don't yeah. get them twenty four hours before. Like Johnny Occasionally, they're so circuit. good. Yeah. I get sucked into them and, and they take up my whole evening. You're actually, you've heard the Johnny Five from Short Circuit. I sometimes get in after Paul, and Paul is just flicking through books, going more input, more input, and he's read <laughs> everything that's sent there. I'm like that woman who sits when their new Harry Potter comes out and she reads it in fifty minutes. <laughs> of course, sits in a branch of Waterstones on BBC <laughs> Breakfast. Said it's not as good as the last one. <laughs> How do you know? Seven hundred pages long you've been there 50 minutes you're not fooling anybody of course not um, and yes just very quick on dogs yeah. uh, a story I always tell when it comes to uh, my um, uh, my friend was a, a paper boy my old friend and colleague Dave Cotswold was a paper boy for Alan Byley the former Everton and Derby player. Cambridge United yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and um, he had quite a lively dog and he took the paper there one day the dog got out came round the side and chased him back to the gate and he wow. says I could feel the hot breath of Alan Biley's dog on my backside <laughs> as it snapped away as I leapt the fence. So there we are, one from the world of football. That's beautiful. I think we had Alan Biley on once and I told him that and he thought it was quite funny. Yeah, I'd expect so. Yeah. 
So, um, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Max Rustin here on TalkSport, and uh, we end this afternoon talking about God Save the Queen, uh, the uh, the national anthem, of course. And uh, we'll be speaking very shortly to uh, the conductor of the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra, who has plotted, spotted a flaw in, mm. <laughs> in the national anthem. Seems a bit late, but... Um, oh, quite, are we allowed to want a different one? Well, I, I get, yeah. get yelled I mean, at when I get yelled I, at by someone. When, I, when you hear, we're going to talk about anthems with uh, Kirill Karabitz in a few moments' time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Billy has been in touch. Say, Max, I'm a Sunderland fan. I'll happily read the book, provide you a review uh, for details of your post, Max, and I'll send it and delegate it. And Ian says, Crocodile Dundee 2 was uh, on the telly on Sunday. I can confirm it holds up superbly. Better than the first one. Really? Uh, in my opinion. Don't at me, he says. <laughs> That's obviously why it was in your man's consciousness there. It wasn't apropos or nothing. Um, so, uh, we're going to bring you the national anthem now. If you can feel free to stand or not, it's, it's your choice. If you're driving, obviously, it might be a problem. But um, we'll play it to you for a reason. But uh, here we are. So there, the, the, you heard the drum roll to kick it off. Yep, yep. Um, and that's kind of the problem because we're noticing at the moment that which is the England players and Gareth wants them all to sing it and fair play, they are all singing. A bit flat, some of them, but that's OK. Yeah, that's we, we'll forgive them that. They're not there for their singing voices. But um, they're coming in at different points. The fans, likewise, are coming in at a different point uh, to the uh, players and everybody's trying to play catch-up and maybe it is the drum roll that's the issue. Uh, what is the answer? Um, Kirill Karabitz is the uh, chief conductor at the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra and he may have the answer. Kirill, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So it's that drum roll, is it, that throws everybody out? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, as a conductor, you know, I'm always sensitive to those things. It's, you know, when people have to start singing together, they have to have a moment for breathing. They need to breathe together. And uh, that's why I always feel when I hear the, the national anthem, hmm. whether it's, I, so the, in the drum roll, when the drum roll starts, I, I always wonder why, why is it so difficult to stop for a moment so then people can take a breath and then start together. Could we, could we all inhale as the drum roll is going? You know, as the drum roll goes, we all inhale together and then we're ready to go. Or do we, we need a pause, do you think? And we need, we need a conductor. Exactly. We need you to be there. Well, yeah, sometimes you need a conductor. In. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. But, but I was always, you know, I'm always thinking that if that drum roll would stop for a second, that would mean people should breathe and then they would start together. Mm. Let's it's hear as it. Simple as that. Well, we're going to hear it about the drum roll now. So let's, let's hear the alternative version. Sorry, that was with a drum roll, but with a pause, obviously. So there was an. But to be honest, you know, I'm sort of semi-musical, and I'm sitting there counting. And I'm thinking, when is this coming in? There was no <laughs> obvious point. Was, was that there? was that better, Kirill? I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear very well. No. But but I, I I just simply think you just need a pause. That's all. It's very, very simple. Drum roll starts that uh, catches everybody's attention and then it stops for a moment and people know 
that's the moment to breathe. Yeah. Also, I presume you also get annoyed because by the time we get to the da-da-da-da, the crowd are ahead of the two. You know, they're getting yeah. ahead of themselves. Yeah, well, well, this is another problem. But, uh, I, you know, I think those things are inevitable when, when you have so many people singing. But it would, be, it would be, I think, much easier and much better if they would start together. Because when they start badly, then, they, then it all sort of goes wrong. But if they would start together, they would, they would feel they're responsible for being together. It's it's not a great anthem. It is, you know, God bless it. It's our anthem, and we live with it. But it it it's not great. And um, when I listen to some of the other anthems in in the tournament, I mean, I'm saying you're you're from uh, Ukraine, uh, Kirill, and you know, when I listen to the Ukraine, it it kind of it's, it's got history in it. it. It's kind of reeks of toil, mm. and you know what I mean. It's 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 epic. It's one of the epic anthems, and they seem to fall into sort of two camps or three camps. Dirgy. Epic, or I, I don't know. They just some of them are just very upbeat and, and give you a lift, and that's where I, the Italian one fits for me. But um, do you know what I mean about Ukrainian national anthem? It is quite an epic anthem, isn't it? Yes, it is. But it starts it starts with the with the with the, with the words. You know, the U- Ukraine is not uh, dead yet, mm. which I always feel is also kind of strange. You know, I I, I think why should it be dead? Um, but but anyway, I think you know national anthems. It's um, it's 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 your moment with the, with yourself. That's where you sort of reconnect with you with your uh, feelings towards your country, towards your history. Uh, and surely some of the anthems could be changed, and, and uh, uh, some of them are very very old. And countries has de- have developed since uh, uh, th- those uh, anthems were composed. But you know that's what it is. Yeah, that's it. It is what it, you can't change it. People wouldn't take particularly no, it'd be well tricky. to it. Would they? Should, should just say, man, it's obviously been a very difficult year for anyone in in music. Are you are you playing again? Are, are you know? Uh, can people see the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra? Well, yeah, we have just done a concert uh, at Cheltenham Festival uh, two days ago, um, and uh, we did have public. So um, there is a hope, yeah, that things will, will come back to normal. It will take some time, surely, because the, the audience would need uh, some time to sort of get used to uh, going to concerts again. Um, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that classical music will leave. Uh, um, we know that. You know, it, it has been uh, there for hundreds of years. and. Yeah. We will survive this. I'm very, sure. I'm pretty sure. Well, Carol, good to talk to you, and uh, let's uh, hope everybody's in uh, time tomorrow night at Wembley. Um, yeah, um, enjoy the rest of the Euros, and uh, we look forward to seeing you back in action uh, with the Thank orchestra. You very Thanks nice. very much. Thank you. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Um, We'll be live from the Box Park at Wembley Stadium uh, ahead of uh, the match against Denmark. Ten cans deep. Yeah, we will. We're going to be entering in the spirit. uh, Stage diving. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be doing a bit of that, aren't you? Singing Sweet Caroline on the stage. Yeah, Yeah, I'm ready. I'm up for it. So we'll be doing all of that. Max will be uh, wandering around a pair of tight shorts, banging a chair. Of course. (laughs) A kind of phoenix from the flames. (laughs) from his infamous uh, Spoons video that you've probably seen on on social media. But anyway, if you can join us, great. If not, we'll bring you a podcast at the same time tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.